Hi, and a world in welcome to season five of Fail and Grow with me, Vilma, and one of the co-founders to VLOXQ CPQ, plug and play and seamless integrated to the rest of your ecosystem. So Fail and Grow, it's an after work podcast niched into operational excellence. We talk about different topics that smoothens your sales and your operations to increase your revenue and of course, your profits and margins. Whew, have to take a bit there. <laughs> so uh, I'm really, really thrilled about today's guest. Uh, we will talk about how you as a CEO get the maximum value of your board. And uh, who else then to talk about this than Hannah Meiton? She has a very interesting background. She has worked operating abroad for several years, or I would actually say decades when I counted them. So both in the UK and the US, in fast-growing companies such as Meltwater, iSettle, and Soundtrack, your brand. And Hannah, you're also recently named the SaaS Investor of the Year, and you're the co-founder and partner of Ampli Ventures. So thank you so much for guesting this episode. It's awesome. Thanks for having me, Melinda. It's great to be here. Lovely. Would you mind to just introduce yourself a little bit as a person and also the company you're representing? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think you kind of incorporated all of this, but my background is uh, I've worked in software in more than 20 years, that mainly in sales functions, but also heading up marketing and customer success. And, and the common theme has been around growth and, and really growing fast uh, by by expand, extending you know, the companies that I've worked in into new markets, new divisions, new segments, and so on, and, and doing that really, really fast. Uh, so I think that has really, really evolved me as a person. And I think it really speaks to me as a core, and we can sp- speak more about that later on. Um, and uh, and since, uh, since last year, I'm uh, one out of two founders of Ampli Ventures, together with my co-founder, Adrian. We invest in Nordic SaaS B2B companies, uh, and really trying to build an amazing kind of company filled with uh, uh, inspiring entrepreneurs, amazing products, and and growing SaaS B2B companies. That sounds super interesting. And uh, just curious, how did you and uh, Adrian end up together and founding this company together, YouTube? So we met a year and a half ago, and and we kind of were introduced by by mutual friends in the in the ecosystem. Uh, and the reason for that is that people who have known us for years and followed us saw that we we really share a lot of common values and uh, and beliefs, but we're also very complementary in in each other's backgrounds and experience. And so. Typically, I joke around and I say everything I don't know, Adrian knows, and everything Adrian doesn't know, he he knows. But uh, we we have different backgrounds. I come from basically working in in the companies that we wish to invest in, and he comes from the investing part of it. And then he spent the last uh, six years in the management consulting, so he he really brings the investor perspective as well as the more of a high level strategic. And I'm more kind of under the hood. Uh, refining things and and uh, and uh, from the operating part, so uh, it was a match made in heaven. <laughs> it sounds like that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, when you talk about um, interesting companies, founders, uh, great products, uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. values. Is is value something you look for when investing companies, or what would you say if you have to choose three stuff? Uh, what is that that determine that you actually do want to invest? So the face that we amply 
typically invest is when the company has reached about a million in a euro in ARR and are, are growing rather quickly. Uh, and so, so you're past the product market fit stage and, and so on, but you're still a really small team and, and it's very uh, founder dominant, uh, which means that the core team that has started and has grown the company to where it is, is really where you're betting on. So of course, we really seek to to invest in in entrepreneurs and uh, and the management management teams are of essence. So we spend a lot of time getting to know them, making sure that there is a good chemistry between us and them. Uh, also, making sure that that we understand that this is a really strong, close knitted team that will be able to grow the company to the vision that they have. So the team. Uh, and this is such a cliche because all investors says this, but it is really <laughs> so true. Uh, and secondly, we, we we look, of course, for a combination of of the, the product together with the addressable market. Is the is the product solving a core pain problem, and are they solving it in a unique way, uh, in a in a new way that that no other competitors are currently doing it? So they will they be able to compete, and. Um, uh, and is the market big enough for them to grow to to the level that they want to? Uh, and and we amply uh, as uh, in in particular we we look for really sound growing business. So they should be growing fast, but we also look that there is an underlying profitability in sight. Uh, and uh, and uh, unit economics uh, are are is something that we also spend a great deal really looking at and also making sure that we have a discussion with the management team that they are aware of them and are tracking them and know how to kind of evolve the, develop those is there a lot of companies out there you would say uh, that are that you are interested in i mean it's a special market we are uh, it's harder to sell i would say that mm. the decision terms are longer and everyone is evaluating more uh, how would you say has that, this affected you too to find interesting companies or is that just the same? The valuation is different or? So we're still early days. So I don't have the, the success playbook that, as an investor that the investors have done this for decades. So we're still kind of trying to figure out uh, really, really how we can uh, position ourselves in, in the investor network and and build a brand for ourselves and, uh, and stand out. Uh, for us, it's uh, since we focus only on SaaS B two B, our addressable market is very niche, and uh, so so I would say we almost work on an account based marketing approach, where where we have a list of strategic accounts which we either want to get to know or want to to make sure that they know that we they are aware that we exist. So if and when they do decide to go out and raise capital, we're, we're hoping to be on their short list. So it's about building a brand awareness in the ecosystem, as well as to put ourselves in front of the the founders of the most exciting companies out there, as well as making sure that um, that Ampli is just on everyone's list uh, when it comes <laughs> to SaaS B2B. So it's very similar to building your own company and and uh, and having a startup yourself. And everyone uh, are looking for a niche ICP. So. I mean, at least mm-hmm. that you have managed very, very well. Well, yeah. I shouldn't uh, ask that much more about Ventures. Ventures. You have a really interesting company and I'm so happy to have you here. But first of all, Thanks. before we jump into the mm. real stuff, uh, when you're celebrating, maybe a good week, a good month, 
that you have closed that investment that you have been working for for several months, what mm. do you pour up in your glass? Yeah, first, we're really uh, worthless in celebrating because I think Adrian and I are just kind of so stuck with with our to-do list and focusing on that. So one thing that we have said that this is the year that we start celebrating more stuff uh, and yet to be proven, though. Um, but, but you know what? When it comes to celebration when, and, and choice of drink, I'm not picky. I've worked, you know, 20 plus years in startups where lukewarm beer is a traditional Friday. If if it's a cold one, I'm I'm over the moon happy. A cold beer <laughs> is just perfect celebration. More importantly, is that you have the people that you are surrounded with and and uh, the energy itself. So just pour me anything that it's cold. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> great. Obviously, you have done great stuff in your career, but maybe sometimes you also uh, happen to do a fuck up. And um, what uh, of <laughs> your funniest work related fuck up would you like to share with us today? Yes, yeah, you asked me to prepare this question and, and uh, uh, oh my God, numerous fuck-ups, you know. I am <laughs> such a better done than perfect person and I have grown up, as I mentioned, and, and kind of built my career in really in fast-moving organization where you have to ship it. And that is the speed is of essence, execution excellence kind of is is trump's perfectionist so i've done so many fuck-ups in my life you know it might be replying all to something that shouldn't really have been replying all and said something about someone it could be sending out a mass emails to customers that and kind of forgetting to click that box so you send an email to seven thousand people that should have gotten to to a thousand people miscalculating a key metric and reported that to the board or to 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 an investor i mean i've done so many fuck ups in my life but you mentioned a funniest work related fuck up and and uh, and this is i'm not sure if it's a fuck up but um a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago i i was uh, going to host a big uh, webinar it was an online webinar and stand as a moderator in f- front of 600 participants um and it was a monday that 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 was planned for uh, and on the sunday i was in the playground with my daughter uh, she was 3 at the time and uh, we were going to go down on the slide and uh, the weather was nice i had big sunglasses on and i was wearing my yoga pants and anyone who's ever worn yoga pants to a playground and gone down on the slide should know that it has a bit of an accelerating effect uh, so uh, i slid it down and completely ate the grass and my glasses were crushed so uh, and I hit my face so I had a black uh, black eye um I, I I thought at first I'd broken my nose and my entire face was swollen so that that evening I had to call the basically the organizer of the event and just say that there's no way I can be in front of a camera tomorrow because it looks like I've been beaten up Uh, and they had to call in a replacement Uh, and to me I'm extremely loyal you know I'm I'm, I always want to make sure that I'm never a burden to anyone else and I always bend over backwards to try and make make uh, the people that that uh, engage with me are happy so that was the worst thing ever and uh, and I did turn up to the event just I wasn't in front of the camera um and uh it was um I guess uh 
in after sight somewhat of a fun re- work related fuck up and since then i'm terrified of slides <laughs> sorry for laughing for that and i'm just uh, glad that you didn't hurt yourself more broke yeah. your nose or something but i yeah. can yeah I, i never went to that slide with the yoga pants but i can see it and that's definitely don't do it don't <laughs> no do it. yeah <laughs> and now every time i i see it i see one was see okay with the right yeah. pants <laughs> Uh, yeah, otherwise yeah. no <laughs> exactly jeans are perfect yeah <laughs> okay Anna, thank you so much for sharing mm. and uh, uh, i'm glad it went okay after all <laughs> so uh, uh moving on to today's uh subject how you as an ceo can maximize your board work and i think you said something very interesting when we had a short uh, a pre-talk about this, that mm-hmm. you're not sitting in a board, you're working in a board. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from that perspective, and if you want to say, if you were to take a role as a CEO and mm-hmm. you feel that, okay, I really want to maximize now the value that the board can bring uh, and the work I want them to do from that angle how where should we start here I mean you are the expert here where should we start mm. although I am a CEO of, of, of Ampli it's it's not really comparable but I, I kind of tried to envision myself as a CEO of a very successful B2B SaaS company of course right and <laughs> right uh, and I, I I think I think we should really start from the beginning um first of all I do think it's extremely important to have clear owner instructions So, and what does that mean? Well, it is the owners of the company, whether it's founder-led or whether it's institutional investment um, backed, uh, what is the objective, aka what is the job to be done by the board? Um, and and I think it's that's super clear for the CEO to make sure that they present that to the board so they know what the job is to be done. Um, secondly, just like the board selection, whom and why. And I think it, this really depends on where you are in your, your uh, company building journey. I think early days, it might be a mainly angels or owners, but I do really urge companies to take in external competences rather early on to be added to be around. And ideally, the board should be around 56 people. Then I think cadence so and and themes. So basically the board should meet around six to eight times a year, ideally. And I also think that I always try to really urge uh, the, the companies that I work with to have one full day per year that is around strategy. And that is where you really, really kind of decide the big bets and the big areas for the forthcoming year. Um, and And then I also recommend having a board calendar which encompasses the organization and its parts. So one meeting per year is a deep dive into marketing. One is in people and culture. One is into product. And that board calendar kind of looks the same year after year. But then we have uh, the board reporting that's same every, and then one deep dive per year. Next thing is is pre-reads. I think it's extremely important to make sure that the 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 board information that's sent out to the board members should be sent out at least one week ahead, no later than that. Be really diligent about it. And why is that important? Well, basically, it's doing yourself a favor because if you can distribute the material uh, and that material could be full-fledged, although at a high level, it shouldn't be, you know, a thousand slides sent out 
you, you're really making sure that you put your board members in the best situation to be able to have time to read it, to absorb, to make jot down their questions and their comments, uh, and to come super prepared. So the board meetings itself is efficient. It's the discussions is at a relevant level. The questions that you get from the board members are not around things that are mentioned in the material, so on. Um, another thing that, that I, I really think is super useful is if you as a CEO can mark out in the board material on what areas are for information for the board, what are some of the areas that the CEO welcomes a discussion around, and what are some of the input needed and wanted from the board. And if you can do that already in the board material, when the board members go through the material, they can make sure that they spend some extra time on input needed discussions and for information not. So it doesn't become a questions around every kind of single information and slide and so on. I also sit on a few boards where the chairman or chairwoman always calls ahead or ahead of the meeting to make sure that the members have read and understood the materials and kind of ask, okay, what's what's your top thoughts here? What are some of the questions you're bringing into the meeting? Um, what's what's basically on top of their mind? So the chair can kind of brief the CEO on that and make sure that they know the board members kind of general uh, mood and and uh, and top of minds that they're walking into the meeting on. And then you can really focus on the uh, shortcutting those discussions. I'm kind of just going on There's a lot here, of juicy so. stuff here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then you can deep dive into some questions. Just two things here. I, I think, I think um, and I mentioned this in other areas, but but if you as a CEO can send biweekly short emails or even kind of include the board on weekly internal emails that you as a CEO send to your staff where you really share wins and progress, I think that's also really making sure that the board members feels like an extended part of your company uh, and and they're top of mind. They know what's going on outside of the board materials. Uh, and, and, uh, and I think that is really kind of making them even more committed to, to the organization. And if I were a CEO, I would really like my board members to be thinking about my company day and night uh, and, and whatever I can do to get there because it's almost like a, I'm an extra set of resources, right? Mm-hmm. So if I can, I can constantly be on top of their minds by sharing progress in the organization, by sharing wins, by, by not just highlighting uh, questions and problems and, and problem areas. Uh, I, I would try to spend some extra time doing that. So, so those are some of the things that are, you know, it's not rocket science here, but it's just small things that I've, after sitting on, on you know, almost 10 boards and working in, in, in boards for seven plus years, have found that are really successful kind of things that you can do to make your board more involved and, and you can really use their experience and competences more efficiently. But so many great stuff here. And one one question that pops up my mind is, mm. it's tricky. You don't want to, I mean, we don't want to hang anyone. But uh, in general, <laughs> in general, mm-hmm. uh, where mm. would you like as a board member, the CEO, what's the typical things one miss uh, or do? I, I don't know if do wrong is the right kind of question here. But mm. Mm. Um, yeah, 
it feels that repeatedly happens or they miss to do or I mean the wrongs yeah I think that's a great question and it all comes down to uh, having established that level of trust between the CEO and the board where the board feels like they can involve the board in tricky questions and decisions and almost expose a level of uh, vulnerability here to and and have the courage to say I don't know what do you think about or these are some things that are on top of my mind I don't have the answers to them yet I would love to discuss and brainstorm with you but those are the things that I'm worried about or thinking about or don't really have answers to because if you and I think this goes to any relationship if you have answers to any kind of questions and you're you have a, a defensive approach to how how um people around you uh when they ask questions and so on you tend to get less engaged uh after a while because uh, there's no point asking a question or something like that so so i think that obviously you you need to make sure that you as a ceo establish a good level of trustworthiness that you're the right woman for the job and so on but i think it's also good to have established a certain level of trust in the board where the intentions are good where you as a ceo also feel that you have the confidence and say i'm not sure i would love to have you guys as input and let's have a discussion around it okay great and what about sharing the board members knowledge to more people in the organization just yes, about mm. the ceo what is your take on that that's a great question because uh some of the boards that I've worked in longest and I I'm really close with the management team uh, and and even you know a few levels underneath there are the directors and managers and that's where you get the the juicy stuff right that's where you get the good stuff <laughs> the real because stuff that's, <laughs> yeah because that's where you really get the ins and outs and on what's going on in the organization so you can you as a board member can add even more value as opposed to 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 kind of second guess on on very little information that's been in the CEO pack. So I really strongly urge you as a CEO to encourage introduction and really promote mentorship or kind of coaching uh, between the board members and the, and the the C levels or the managers in the company kind of doing a combination of personality as well as previous experience mapped with the role and responsibility in the company um uh, it might also be in recruitment i joined a lot of interviews actually when we're looking okay. for key people uh, in the boards i'm in not because it's good to have that outside in perspective uh, as well as when uh, a new manager has been promoted so it might be someone has new in their role they've never done that role especially in fast-growing companies you typically kind of break new ground uh, and as you you work your career ladder and then that's a brilliant opportunity to just say, hey, actually, someone in our board, you know, they used to have your role. Uh, and how about how about you guys have a lunch once a quarter or once a month? And and you you will have someone who knows the company very well, who has a high level of confidentiality, but also is an external factor that you can use as a sounding board and and um, and men- mentor. Great. Yeah. 
Uh, I really like that. It, ha- it must uh, help the employee engagement, uh, definitely. Uh, I would mm. feel very special if someone, when I was uh, not founding my own company, that I was working somewhere else, that someone of the board would have a lunch with me uh, quarterly. That would be mm. meant the world to me. So I guess that's also very good for, for those kind of things uh, as well. Mm. That kind of initiative has to come from the CEO. It's hard to have that initiative and push come from the board member it- board itself. Because you as a board member, you typically don't have that kind of visibility into the company, what's needed and and the different roles and so on. And also, you don't want to step on anyone's toes. So so if you're a CEO and you're listening to this, uh, I think you take the initiative. and, uh, And if you have a decent board, they will really welcome that initiative and welcome it. That was a very nice segue into my next question. <laughs> oh. Do you read my mind? That's <laughs> scarier. But uh, fr- from the CEO perspective, if you would like the board members to be as proactive as they can be, what would they? What would be like the shortlist? Do this. Uh, I mean, of course, it feels like an, an, an hygienic factor just to pre-read everything and come prepared mm. uh, so mm. if we put that one aside and just beg all the board members out there to, to do that I'm sure they do mm. already mm. I think you can include a wish list in in the communication that you have with the board uh, you can you can you can give them homework and you can give them asks uh, we're looking for a new XYC person to recruit do you know anyone? Uh, for example, opening door to potential customers, uh, or do you have experience using this tool? We're looking to solve this problem uh, and almost kind of assign them with different tasks and homework that that will do and be super clear about it. Uh, uh, and then in my experience, board members kind of sit up and they go, yes, absolutely, I will deliver on that. And it's more about when it's blurry and then not really communicated this is what i'm expecting of you and this is what i would love for you to do um then then it's it's much more clearer so give them homework uh be clear with your asks and wishes uh, and what you want or the company wants at the moment and and see what the board members can do to help you with that great if one were to look at a board uh in fully and if you were to design it uh, i mean of course now, from your point of view, we're talking maybe from the SaaS perspective. Uh, mm. If we could wider that, broader that a bit uh, and see in general, what kind of knowledge or competence uh, is the word I'm searching for, uh, mm. would one like to see in a perfect board? So there's no right or wrong answer. It depends on how big the company is, what stage it is. Uh, if it's a public company, if it's a, a non, if it's a private company, if it's bootstrapped, if it's VC backed, and because obviously we, what we haven't talked uh, in this podcast is is the governance part, and 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 to be completely honest, that is the true job of the board, right? Is to to make sure that the company is run in a governed way, uh, following the laws and 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 rules and and everything. So if we if we kind of assume that is being done and we focus on the strategic level of the board work, I think that it helps to have people that are experts in an area, whether it's people ha- who have done the journey that uh, is ahead of the company already, if it's uh, people that have built similar products, 
uh, or work towards the same kind of segment, towards the same customers who have um, uh, obviously domain knowledge from whether it's SaaS or BGC or FMCG or whatever the type of company that's worked for. Um, and specifically in the phase that the company in or in the next phase. So the board members can kind of come with thoughts and ideas and initiative to say, you guys should really think about this because this will come up in 12 months from now or 18 months from now and provide that kind of helicopter outside perspective that is hard to have when you're in the trenches of, of really day-to-day running a company. Um, so a little bit of a blurry answer, but but I think that that is at least a, a, a very blurry framework to have when you start composing your board. Not that blurry. I was wondering myself about this uh, this question and I learned a lot. So not that blurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Great. thank you for that. What would you say about personal characteristics and um, on like a personal level? What is important and is, the, is it values or? Of course, it should be someone that strongly believes in the culture of the company and, uh, and how the product of the company and it also should be a personality because we're all people right so for example one of the companies that i'm on the board with is mentimeter um now uh, if you've heard of mentimeter you've probably heard it in combination of a strong value-driven culture and i think if i as an individual didn't believe and support their what how much emphasis and investments and resources and time that they spent into building this kind of culture then it would be very hard for me to to sit and support the company from a board perspective um so so of course that kind of core values and beliefs uh, as well as personality in the board but i do not believe in creating hama hama Oh, this is such a tricky word. Homogenous. I mean, <laughs> I would never have gone there. I would never have gone there. <laughs> no, why did I go there? Oh my God. Yeah. You're brave. Um, homogenous, homogenous boards. I got it now. Uh, so basically, you should provide it's good to have different opinions, it's diversity in all kinds, backgrounds, you know, views, um, experiences, genders, age, uh, and ethnicity. All that really, really combines with having different ideas and thoughts and, and views will is 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 an excellent thing. So the worst thing you can build do is of course build a board that is just a pure reflection of yourself as a CEO. And uh, uh, this is not a question I just popped up my mind, but I've been actually thinking about this for years. So here you mm-hmm. go. It's not that mm-hmm. tricky. But what about? Uh, uh, knowledge from different I mean not not from SaaS if you were in Mentimeter from some mm. completely other vertical selling I don't know now machinists is the only thing that pops up my mind but I know you know so you can have that maybe cross knowledge from different verticals and you can uh, see it from a completely different perspective or is that too too long too far from from the sense of what we need here I think that's it's not a bad idea, but it cannot be too far fledged because then it's a con. You, you're you're going to spend a lot of time educating, explaining, and and convincing the person uh, or the persons that come from very very different uh, ways. So 
if there's a somewhat of a connection and it might be that you have a strong for example us knowledge even if you haven't worked in saas in the us and the company that you're on the board with are really attacking the us as their next big market right um so there needs to be some overlapping areas or competences and experience because otherwise you will probably have a hard time translating uh, your businesses to someone who ha- are very very far away from it and you you might lose that uh, value add that you're looking to get from your board for sure and um i'm sure there's something that i missed from the ceo <laughs> perspective we want to maximize the board work 2023 and beyond um uh, what should we think yeah, about I think, what haven't I asked well uh, i i did mention that you should send out pre-reads and the information the information pack that you're sending out to to the board should be as uh, you know really as informative as possible having said that one of the things that i always raise with the ceos of the board staff in is how uh, questioning how much time and and how many hours the the management team puts in into making board slides to be very concrete. Uh, in an ideal world, it should be just a duplicate of the information that you're using internally uh, with a few kind of changes here and there um, because it's very easy to fall into a trap where the, the board pack and the board work becomes extremely cumbersome and it takes away time and, and energy that you can spend on growing the business. Um, and then I think it's it's keeping that balance about being as informative as uh, and extensive in, in your board information pack, although spending as little time as possible in creating it. Okay, I think let's let's make sure that we have clear instructions from the owners to what yep. the board should do. Let me, let's make sure that we uh, try to have a board that is diverse in terms of background competences, age agenda you have it as possible to complement each other let's make sure that the ceo is clear on what is for information what is for discussion what is for decisions um and also make sure that you have a chair or chairwoman whose job is to moderate the discussion and make sure that everyone gets to speak during the meetings and and apply their thoughts and so on and be involved in decisions and um and make sure that you really really try to uh, pick the reasons out of the cookie of each and every one board members so what can they contribute with outside of the board in terms of helping you and your company grow thank you so much Anna. i'm curious if you yourself want to improve uh your work in the boards who do you mm. look up to or follow or get or inspired by or bounce idea with so i'm super lucky because uh one of the boards that i've been sitting on the longest is mentimeter uh the chairwoman is katarina bunda she is such a board expert pro uh that um i i have such a girl crush on her she's also a dear friend of course uh, but uh, but uh, i learned so much from her how she's navigating uh to how to lead an inspiring yet very governated board board work and and really kind of moderate uh through through quite tough decisions and and uh, cumbersome work at times 
So, so she's a, she's a true inspiration um, and uh, someone that every, every meeting I, I take away so much. And if I ever have questions, I always call her and she's available and, and kind of bounce ideas and, and pro- educates and teaches me a lot. Wonderful. How nice of her to share her knowledge and uh, uh, to engage you in this kind of work. I mean, it's important for, for others and it's lovely to hear uh, how it probably goes from, from, from person to person, uh, thanks mm. to her. One challenge is to get the board members to know the company in enough detail to be able to provide relevant and tailored advice without having the CEO to spend all her or his time on report creation and keeping the board updated. So my question is, what's your best advice to find that balance of keeping the board updated without overwhelming either the CEO with report creation or the board members with too much material? Uh, so this question is from uh, Maria Santmark. She's the CEO of Sustain Lab. And why I asked her of this is because I'm working, not sitting <laughs> in their board. And I just, mm. I know, I thought about this so much myself. So I called her and said, I'm going to record with Hannah Mayton. Could you just mm-hmm. record a question for, for her? And she was like, yeah, of course. And then she mm. uh, did record this question. I think it was so funny because it was something I've, I, you know, thought about myself. It's really tricky to have that. Uh, I mean, on top finger, fingertop feeling for the company. I mean, I'm super engaged, but run, but life happens at the same time. Mm. Mm. Now it's your turn. I agree. I'm, I will yeah, be fine now. I think at least once a year, you should really kind of review the board pack to make sure that you uh, ask your board members what they find valuable and what you can scrap. You, so you're constantly kind of optimizing that and and focus on the most important things. Secondly. Um, and and if you can find a format that's kind of con- consecutive and the same over and over and over again, it's so much easier to have it part of your operation as opposed to, oh, my God, we have a board meeting in two weeks. We have to scramble um, that together with the board calendar. So you already know that in November we're going to have a marketing um, and uh, and you can start working with your marketing manager on, on setting that. Uh, format for the presentation and what have you. Um, secondly, I, I do really think that it's a great idea to include your board on the weekly newsletter or weekly mail that you send out to the organization because you mentioned it a little bit before, and I was like, yes, yeah. that would be super great to just yeah receive it once a and week or biweekly. I get it in in two of the companies that I'm on the board with, and I. It's it's basically my weekly joy. It's my weekly goop, but in B2B SaaS, right? So I, I read it. I, uh, it's a delightful. You get a taste for it. You think about what's happening. So, so when you do come to the board meeting, you kind of know a few small things that are might not be in, in the pack, right? Um, a few other things that I think is super important as well is that uh, make sure your board members are using your products. If if they can, or at least they have logins to it, uh, and and also that you offer to do weekly kind of product updates, trainings, and so on. And that doesn't need to be you as a CEO, especially if you're running a SaaS B two B company. Um, features are being built, the product is evolving. Uh, so every quarter, every half a year, you should have 
half a minute product training update session with your board members to make sure that they are really knowing the ins and outs of the product. Um, and the last thing that I forgot to mention earlier, but uh, I think at least once a year, you should have a customer joining your board meeting and present to the board why they chose to buy the product, how they're using the product, how they're evaluating the product, um, and also have the board also have the board ask questions to the customer that they really get an understanding of, of the customers itself and becomes a little bit more customer obsessed. I'm sure we will see a lot of CEO board pros uh, after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but so many good things. Thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna, and I hope, of course, Maria is satisfied as well. I will, uh, we have a board meeting tomorrow as well. I will talk with yeah. you and ask yeah, you. There you go. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we will uh, wrap this up. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have just a few, hopefully, easy questions for you. And mm-hmm. the first one is, what are your main challenges in your business uh, at the moment? Mm, I th- I think just like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're, we're kind of running as our own startups here. So we are running around trying to build a brand, uh, trying to establish ourselves as a new investor in the Nordics. Uh, make sure that we nail our value prop uh, and positioning on the market, uh, meeting founders, meeting other investors, help our existing companies. And it, it's it's just about kind of trying to do it all and prioritize and, and see, uh, trying to make time uh, be as efficient as possible. So very similar to, I guess, you in, in your Monday to Friday. Yes, it's a little bit all over the place uh, and one just try to be crystal focused and then something happens <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Okay, yes, great. but don't get, don't get me wrong. I, I, I have the best job in the world and I, I just wish I had 48 hours every day instead of 24. I agree with you there. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, who else would you like me to invite as a guest to fail and grow? Someone who is passionate about uh, operational excellence and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, someone you might uh, to listen to yourself. I always say that, but that's, I mean, that would be awesome if all my guests listened to the to the episode of, of the record one. Yeah, it would be great. Then you build a recurring business, right? Kind of building a, a yeah. growing organic but um, so I must say that either one of our amazing uh, uh, co-founders of the portfolio companies that we have, Lotta uh, LCEOs from Insurely, she's the CEO. She's also the chairwoman of Insurely, and she's the co-founder. Um, and as the CEO, obviously, top of her mind is operational excellence. How yes. can we really make sure that we're we're building? Uh, a super efficient organization that are all super clear of our vision and are pulling towards the same way all the time whilst growing super fast. Um, that one I would say is Nora from Vidioli. She's the uh, founder and CEO. She's an amazing uh, Finnish B2B SaaS uh, entrepreneur who is also, you know, a top of her mind, how can I grow my business with the HQ in Helsinki, with their Toronto office, North America. Um, and uh, so either one of those, I would love to listen to because I think they're fabulous entrepreneurs and amazing role models. They are both very welcome 
to fail mm. and grow, of course. Mm. And if one would get to, uh, in contact with you, how do one mm. reach you? You either email me on hannah at ampli.bc or you connect with me on LinkedIn. Easy as that. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you have that something cold, something whatever mm-hmm. cold mm-hmm. with your mm-hmm. favorite team around you and energy is just perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this song comes up. Which one is it that makes you smile and just feel, wow, this was the, this was the best week? So anything that makes you really happy and makes you dance, I think is great. Lately, I've been listening a lot to Lisa. I think she's amazing. So yes. I would, uh, um, I would, I would put on good as hell because then you know it's been a good week. <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, perfect. Thank you so much, Hannah, for for sharing your expertise, your knowledge, and for guesting Daily Grow. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Mama. Take care. Take care. Cheers. I do my hair talk.